Recently, there has been a ton in the news and online about using AI or artificial intelligence, and it can go both ways in the education world. Some teachers are afraid of it because you can actually like type in a question and like students could have a report written from them. And because it's not all drawing from a single report, it is more difficult to tell that it has been essentially plagiarized or it hasn't really been plagiarized, but they didn't write it. So that could be like the negative. But have you played around with some of the awesome things that it can do and quite honestly save you a crap ton of time? That is what we are going to be talking about today are three ways that AI can save you time as a multiple prep teacher. Welcome to the Secondary Teacher Podcast, the podcast for middle and high school teachers juggling multiple preps to get the strategies to reduce overwhelm so that you don't have to choose between being an effective teacher and prioritizing important relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Masick, a 10-year high school engineering teacher, former middle school assistant principal, and teacher coach. Every week, we will discuss strategies, systems, and time-saving tips to help you not only survive, but thrive as a multiple prep teacher. So I first started my AI journey back in January. I did take a course, it was a workshop that was specifically how to use ChatGPT and other AI services. Like there is one within Canva Pro that can also help you write things. And so I've been kind of immersed in learning how to actually use those services, those products, whatever you want to call them, to get the best information. Because sometimes you can put some questions in there and you don't get a lot back. So I do want to say that what I learned the most from that workshop is that your prompt matters and that those services will learn from you. And so if it gives you an answer that you don't totally love or something you you would like tweaked, you can tell it to tweak it. So that's just kind of upfront. I'm going to let you know that your prompts really matter. But we're going to dive into the three ways that they can save you time as a multiple prep teacher. The number one way is to use it for your parent communication. So this is for like your emails. If you're not really sure how to reply to a parent email or if you're wanting to send a letter of or email of concern to a parent or guardian, you can use it to help you come up with the phrasing of how you would write that email and let the the AI know what your tone, what you want it to say. So that sometimes, especially when we're replying back to an email, we can feel like someone is personally attacking us when it may not be us. There might be other things. So sometimes it's hard to reply to an email, but this is a great place where you can do it. You will need to have prompts and sentence stems to help you create the best responses in chat GPT or any other AI like in Canva Pro. So I do want to let you know that I do have a free 10 minute, it's actually like 12 minute training on communicating with parents and specifically about calling home, but it goes through a script which has some sentence stems that could be used for helping if you wanted to call home. So you could use chat GPT or Canva to come up with like what you would want to say. So you 
already have your script written out. You let them know a little bit about the information or the situation that's been happening, and then it can write it for you so that when you get on the phone, you're not tongue-tied or when you write that email. But those specific sentence stems and prompts are going to be in my free 10, once again, I said 12 minute training on POP PD, and I'm going to include the link in the show notes so you can get that immediately and be able to use those sentence stems to uh, use as prompts to start writing those emails. The second way that I have loved, loved, loved using AI is to write standards in student-friendly language. I think we get so used to, as teachers, we are used to using educational vocabulary, bigger words, and and sometimes we don't realize it. Actually, a lot of times we don't realize it. So where I was remembered when I was, I can't remember what was happening, but some substitute was really struggling with classroom management with a class. And so I came in and I was telling the students that we don't behave like that here at our school. And I can't remember exactly what I said, but there was like one point where a kid was just looking at me blankly. And he was like, what does that word mean? And I didn't even realize that the word that I used was some vocabulary term that they had no idea because I was speaking edu speak. And so sometimes it really was difficult for me to translate things into student-friendly language. And then not only that, student-friendly language, but specifying the, the reading level really helps too. There are some apps out there. One that I love to use is the Hemingway editor, Hemingway app editor, and it's online and you can put your text in there and it will tell you what grade level, but you have to make tweaks to that to get it to be the ultimate or optimum grade level for your reader. But with AI, you can actually copy and paste. And I have tested this on several different courses and I've taken the standards and I specifically ask it to write it for me in student friendly language. And then I'm also asking it usually to put it at like a seventh grade reading level, depending on what grade I'm teaching or preparing for. So I usually do like rule of thumb, I err, and I will do like two grade levels below what my students are at, just so that I can know that students really will understand and grasp that language. I'm not trying to fool them or trick them. What I want them to know is I want them to know what they're going to be learning at the end of the unit, or what my standards and objectives are. And if I'm using too much of the edu-speak or the higher vocabulary, they will be lost starting out fresh from the gate. So I have really loved using ChatGPT or once again, I can use, you can use Canva Pro as well in there. And if you haven't yet done that, there's a way to do it. It's in their docs and then there's like a magic right. And that will also allow you to kind of type a question or say, hey, write this in like I said, the prompt that you would use for ChatGPT, same thing, and it will spit out what what that, what it was. The other thing to note is that as you're going through these, if you like it, 
then keep it. If you don't, have do it again. Sometimes I'll say, I liked the first part of this, but I didn't really like the second part. It didn't make sense to me. Or you do have to check for validity and content and make sure that it is giving you correct information because it is just kind of coming up with things. And I'm not totally sure exactly how it works because when you do ask it some things specifically about the internet, it's, it says that it's not connected to the internet. So I'm not really sure how that works. But you do want to verify and look that it is correct, but more likely than not, it has been. So it's been pretty reliable with that. Then my final and favorite way that I've used it recently is to generate ideas for a student choice board. This is when I'm creating an assessment. So I like to use backwards design. I let the the AI know that this is the the standard that I'm wanting to assess, I want to have a choice board. And what a choice board is, is that I'm going to be giving students a lot of different options. So usually I, I'll probably give students like five things to choose from. You do have to realize that you will probably need to have either a rubric that would could cover all five of those or a separate rubric for each of those, depending on how similar or different they are from one another. It is super nice if you could have them all use the same rubric because that will save you a ton of time. But I do like to give my students some choice in their assessments. So I said, give me a choice board. And I I said, hi. So I said 12. Give me 12 different options that my students could do to prove that they are proficient in learning about measurement and statistics when they're talking about manufacturing. So that's that's the prompt that I had put in. And then it gave me 12 things back. So first off, I wasn't like super particular about the level. And so I had to re, I'd go back into it and then say, okay, this is for manufacturing for high school students, write it so that like an 11th grader would understand it. So it rewrote some things. And then because I asked for 12, then I can go through that and I can choose which five I like. Here was the great thing about that too, is that I do know enough about my content that I could pick out those things. And then that is a little bit of what my structure is for my unit. Because when you're using backwards design and you're using that assessment piece, you're writing that assessment beforehand. Then I go through those five things and I'm like, okay, here are the things that I need to deliberately instruct my students on how to do during class. So I went a little bit further with this one. So I had those like student choice boards and then I was like, okay, how how good can they be? Like how much time can I save? And I will let you know that this literally took me like three minutes. I put the prompts in and it gave me all the stuff. So then I specifically asked it to write a lesson plan for one of those prompts. And I even specifically said, hey, write a lesson plan for prompt number three you gave me. And it came out and it wrote me a lesson plan. It gave me some activity ideas. And then it also gave me some extension ideas. Now, was it perfect? No. Would I need to tweak it? Yes. But I didn't have to think about it. That was the beauty of it. I didn't have to search all over the place. It at least gave me a really good head start. It saved me a ton of time. So I don't feel like this is plagiarizing or 
like cheating because really as a teacher, I feel like our job is to help the students learn the content. And that's why I also agree with using other people's curriculum if it is good curriculum because it can help save us a ton of time and our job is then to teach it. Our job is to teach and give feedback. Our job is not curriculum writers. Our job is not extensive assessment writers. That is things that we more likely than not were not trained to do. So if you think about that and think about, okay, my job is to teach. Using a tool like this can save you a ton of time. So let's review my three favorite ways to save you time as a multiple prep teacher. The first is with parent communication, whether that's email or a script for a phone call home, use it, have some sentence stems that can get those prompts going and sketch it all out. The second way is to write standards in student-friendly language. Not only that, but also at their reading level. And then finally is part of my backwards design process. I use it to generate ideas for my student choice board for assessments for the unit. And I'm going to give you a little bit of homework tonight. I want you just to try it out. So whether you go to ChatGPT and hopefully it's not overloaded. I know when I'm recording this, they just started having kind of a subscription like you could pay for it, but there's still the free version. The free version gets overloaded. I tend to do it at like weird times. So either I do it like late-ish at night, but because of my time zone, everyone else is asleep. I don't know. It works for me. So I usually do it then or sometimes early in the morning and I seem not to have too many issues. If I'm doing it smack in the middle of the day, yes, it's like overloaded. But then the other resource is using Canva Pro, which you can get free as an educator. So using that document feature and that magic right can also save you a ton of time and be able to use this at school and get a bunch done. So that is your homework. I want you just to experiment. Try just being super simple and put in one of your standards or objectives that you have gotten from your state or nationally or district or wherever you got it. Put it in and see what kind of things it comes up with. That can let you know whether or not this would be a good resource for you to save you time in your planning. If this episode was helpful for to you or got you just thinking about things in a different way, it could be for others. To help spread the word about this podcast, take a screenshot of this episode, add it to your IG stories, and tag me at Kristen Masick, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-A-S-S-I-C. Until next week.